Your Steve Jones Show podcast will start shortly. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Brewers Outlet, your beverage supermarket on Reagan Street in Sunbury. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia. Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. All right, you got to get ready for that tailgate. First of all, you get a great vehicle at Sunbury Motors to tailgate perfectly. And then you go to Brewer's Outlet. Wine coolers, water, soft drink snacks, they roast their peanuts fresh and higher every day, and the best selection of beer anywhere. Imports, domestics, microbrews, and best specials. Old Milwaukee and Old Mill Light 30 pack, uh, just $13.95. Moosehead 12 pack bottles, $14.95. Zima 24 pack bottles, $15.95. And the pickle bar, led by the barrels and the dills, is indeed second to none. All at Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. As a diehard New York Giants fan, it's my pleasure to present to you from Westwood One, Ian Eagle, and the play-by-play calls of the day. Two tight ends in this formation on a third and seven. Shotgun, Wentz steps up, protection holds up, Wentz out of the pocket to his right. Looking downfield, Wentz throws on the move to the end zone. Caught! Touchdown! Wentz with a strike to Jeffrey. Touchdown, Philadelphia. What a thrill. <laughs> what a thrill. Oh, Look, you knew going in. The Eagles are just much, much better than the Giants. Not even close. Hmm. All right. So, that's our play-by-play call of the day. Time now to... Welcome here to the Sunbury Motors studio, DJ Dozier, with his new book out. That is correct. Yes. 100%. So, so, so what inspired you to write the book? What inspired me? Well, you know, what's interesting is I've always been around individuals, including my parents, mm-hmm. that were always inspiring in and of themselves. And when I started diving into more of their background and you know where they came from even became even more inspired but um, I've always loved being around people uh, like that and the more and more I walked through life uh, I got to a point where uh, you know being able to experience a lot of different things uh, even you know the biggest hurdle for me was going from playing football um, in college and then the pros and then attempting to play baseball uh, well, you made the major leagues. That's not an attempt. Well, um, and, and the the inspiration of doing that, um, you know, is a little bit of what I fall back on uh, in terms of, um, you know, why I wrote this book. Because I, I believe that people, you know, there are a lot of things that we don't do uh, simply because we think we can't. Mm-hmm. And um, so this is my attempt to inspire folks uh, to go after things that they believe that they either have it has passed them or that uh, they don't think they can do. And um, 
you know, so for me to play baseball after not playing for six or seven years, uh, I, pl- trust me, there were people that thought I was nuts. Right. And um, when it happened, of course, uh, it was a different story. And for me, it just made uh, it was just another exclamation point on what's possible. Has there always been something within you that said, you know what, I have something inside me where I will prove your doubt wrong? Absolutely. Absolutely. Especially if it's something that I've seen in my own mind. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, someone comes up and says, hey, I don't think that's possible. Um, you know, I, I think that, you know, even Joe used some of that um, I'm during, during the recruiting. You know, <laughs> I'm I mean, shocked. You know, it took me years to realize what, what he was saying to me. Uh, but, you know, I was still in high school in, during the recruiting process, and I remember him saying at his, t- at his kitchen table, you know, poured a glass of milk and put it over beside me, and he said, he said, DJ, he said, listen, I, I know you think that you're good, and you probably think you're good enough to start as a freshman here, but that's not going to be the case. Mm-hmm. And um, so that, th- that, that statement did something to me. Yeah. And um, so I, I then had something to prove. And became the first ever freshman to gain 1,000 yards in the season. With a little help. Yeah, a lot of help, obviously. You know, and uh, uh, you're, but there's also something that when you go through this program. So let's. I want to go to this program for a moment. You come in, and you were a leader on your high school team. Right. But now you're a freshman. What did it take to be deferential to older players? And then what was it like to then transition to being one of the older players? Yeah, no, that's a that's a great question. You know, I think anytime you you're you're a leader or you've had a chance to lead, and then you have to step out of that role into something different, and you start all over. Um, especially as an athlete and amongst a team, the the only way to gain respect is on that field or on the court. Mm-hmm. You know, depending on what sport it is. And so, in in, in my case, um, I was fortunate. Um, you know, to be able to come into a, a program, a great program. And, you know, I think a lot of us that came in in 83 were certainly inspired by the 82 team. Sure. And what they achieved as becoming national champions. And so we wanted to come in and, and, and also leave with a ring or a couple of rings. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, I think as a young person, you have to prove yourself on the field uh, or in the, the, where the battleground is. And then you begin to gain the respect from uh, the older guys and the leaders. You talked about your father uh, and, and basically you know, decide to dominate, but there are also other people that instilled that in you where you may have had it, but they reinforced it to you. Who would some of those people be that reinforced to you what your father always talked about? Well, there's no doubt, you know, because I spent most of my uh, uh, non-academic time in athletics, yeah, uh, all the way, you know, starting back when I was eight years old. So it has to be coaches. Mm-hmm. Uh, anytime there was a, a coach, and I, and I can recall certain aspects that I gained from from coaches. Uh, of course, you know, Happy Valley. You, you have to talk about Paterno, right? And um, you know, even in the book, I, I I relate to a situation with Paterno and during spring, mm-hmm. where I actually. Uh, fl- um, was running to my left on a pitch, and I slipped. Yeah, um, you know, just happens. Yeah, it happens, and that's the way I thought about it. Mm. And so uh, Joe yells out, "What happened?" 
And I said, I slipped. And, you know, I thought that was going to be the end. No. He says, you can't slip. <laughs> said, what, do you, what do you mean I can't slip? You know, and of course, I'm about to turn around now, getting ready to have a conversation with him about that. And one of the other coaches said, don't do it. Don't. That's just, a, that sounds like Franny. <laughs> it was, it was just Franny. Franny was. <laughs> yeah, don't do it. Don't do that. It, it won't help. But, but what, what's remarkable, and again, you know, why I, I say we have to decide. But you remember things. the story. Yes. Well, I remember the story because it, it had a profound effect on That's my right. life, not just on the field. Right. But what happened, you know, if you look back in that the, the history and look what happened with or what happened after that. Right. That little incident. I never slipped again. Right. No, no, I should say that. I not that I didn't slip, I didn't fall. Right. So we had plenty of games where the field was, you know, a little soggy than, than normal. Oh, yeah. Uh, so I did. I was, yeah. I was the third announcer at that time of the network, so I saw them all. So. Yeah. <laughs> so lots of slips, but never fell again. Yeah. And, you know, I've, so I've never forgotten that uh, because somewhere in my mind, uh, I heard those words that said, you can't slip. Right. What, you, what did it take to write this and how long did it take to write this? Because I mean, let's face it, I mean, you're not Steinbeck, you know. I mean, <laughs> you're doing it for a living, so now right. you're going to try and do something again out of your comfort zone. But right. you wanted to dominate by writing the book, right? Absolutely, that's a, that's a great question. Uh, first of all, it, it it did take three and a half years. Okay, um, hardest thing I've ever done, mm-hmm. um, and and especially at the end, uh, because I thought it was done, and um, and it wasn't. And so, you, you know, you had those extensions that, you know, it's done. Oh, no, it's not done. Right. So we're not going to spend another six months. Right. Uh, so, you know, this was, a, this was an amazing process. You know, what I tell everybody that I have a chance to talk to about it is that everyone should do this at least once in their life. Um, because, you know, what it did for me, uh, it opened up uh, a whole other level of confidence an opportunity uh, to think through things and to figure out, you know, what well, what do I want to do next? Um, uh, so, it, it, you know, three and a half years, um, very difficult process. Matter of fact, the gentleman that, that helped me, he said, listen, no one writes uh, in their first book, no one writes a good book. Right. Uh, now, you know, go back to that other question you asked about, you know, proving someone wrong. Right, exactly. And so I had to think about that. And you know, thought, you know, that doesn't make sense. If you're going to write a book, it has to be good because you don't want people to read a not-so or subpar book. And uh, so that's the other reason why it took so long because I wanted to make sure that it was done right. Uh, when I talked to my broadcasting class at Penn State, and, for example, the project they have due this week is going to be on Monday, will be on play-by-play. I said, look, pick a team you know. Pick something you're passionate about. In this book, because it was so personal, what did you have to eliminate because it was all so personal where you said, okay, wait, I know that's important to me, but it's a tangent. Right? How important was it to not only know what you had to put in, but also what you had to take out? Yeah, that's another great question. So you know, anyone that knows me uh, knows I'm private. Uh, yeah, I, you always have been. You know? Yeah, I'm very private. I, I don't, I don't give my business out. Yeah. Um, but 
you know, this was. Well, I'll say this private, but always like, for example, anytime you've ever, you know, we've, you know, you'll get a hold of me for this or whatever. So I mean that, but you know, but in terms of who you are, it, it's who you are, and then you only let certain people in. Fair, correct. Very good. Yeah, that's that's, that's perfect. So this was a, a little bit of a test for me in yeah. terms of uh, you know how I expose myself, but not every part of me. And uh, so I did open up a little bit in, in certain uh, cases, but you know this book is not just about me. I also interviewed and talked to about 15 other executives throughout uh-huh. the country. Some of them are Penn Staters. Yep. Uh, actually, most of them are right. Penn State or some in some way, shape, or form connected to Penn State. And uh, so it's not just you know sharing you know, some of my um, um, uh, failed opportunities. Uh, in life, but also, you know, others uh, in the book talk about, you know, some of the things that they went through. So it reinforces what you're talking about, that they they were able to give their stories. It reinforced what you were discussing in your own book about you and others. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, testimony is key. And, you know, being able to get personal stories, I think, is huge in any book, Um, you know, to keep the reader from because it's not all instructional. Sometimes experiences, you know, give us uh, the tools to start thinking about, okay, if they did that, then, of course, I can do it. And also part of it, too, is that in relating stories, you want to keep people interested in what they're reading. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. That's a and big, I love stories. Right. Oh, I know you do. Yeah. And I, listen, I've always said that I think I'm going to be a pretty pretty good grandfather because yeah. uh, i got lots of stories. <laughs> Yeah, that's where I am right now. <laughs> I got lots of stories. Uh, it's homecoming weekend here. When you look out and you see that stadium, what memories flash through your mind? Well, you know, what's interesting is uh, it, it, I remember the first time I walked into the locker room mm-hmm. after they had remodeled. And uh, it was a interesting moment because it was a different – it looked different. Yeah. No doubt, and let's face it. I mean, we're we're creatures of habit, and yeah. and our minds uh, are, remember certain things. So when I walked in, it was sort of strange. Yeah, you know, like wow, I feel like I've never been here before. Right. Um, but what's exciting, I think, for this stadium and the way that they have evolved, the, the fan base yeah. and the students, mm-hmm. amazing. Yeah, you know, isn't it? Uh, I mean, the 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 noise. The I remember the I don't remember what year it was, but it was an Ohio State game. Uh, and I could not believe how loud the stadium was. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I thought, was I missing something as a player? You know, but I think adding that that student section or expanding it. Yeah, take the closing in the south end because the noise would escape when right. you played. Right. The noise would escape. I want to say the stadium was like eighty three thousand at the time or right. something like that. Right. So you know, uh, what makes me most proud, uh, at least one thing that I can pinpoint, is at that particular game there must have been. 25, 30 recruits yeah. um, standing along the sidelines where we were. And I remember reading a report that every one of those recruits chose Penn State after that game. How about that? And, uh, you know, so it's a tremendous uh, package when you walk in there and, and know that, that that student section is going to be loud. Of course, the rest of the uh, stadium as well. Yeah, it's interesting because, you know what, um, something that that's important and i talked about this this morning i was on a, another station i was on detroit this morning and they were asking me about saquon barkley and they right. asked if he's the best i've seen here and yeah. i said you know what i said what, what you give to one you take away from someone else sure. gee where have you heard that, you heard that someplace? <laughs> I, but i said i said i said lenny moore set the table for 
Lydell Mitchell and Franco Harris. And then they set the table along the way for Kurt Warner, who then set the table for DJ Dozier, who then set the table for Blair Thomas, who then set the table for Kajonic. I mean, and it goes all the way through when you – because that's what great programs have. Right. They're not one-hit wonders. Mm. Right. Okay. Thanks so much. Absolutely. Yes. And – and to make sure everyone knows, Lionel Mitchell and Franco Harris set the tone for John Capaletti, okay? So, and then on and on and on. I mean, great programs, elite programs, are not one-hit wonders. Penn State has never been a one-hit wonder. And now James Franklin, is trying, he's trying to get his team from that group of eight into the Final Four. That's what he's talking about. Penn State is not... 21, 25, 35, whatever. They broke into the top 25. They broke into the top 20. They broke into the top 15. They broke into the top 10. And that's where they are now. Now he's trying to get them over that finish line to get them into that group of four final four spot. That's what he's talking about elite. Because Penn State is decades and decades of evidence that they are not a one-hit wonder. We will come back with more in a moment here on News Radio 1070 WKOK, brought to you by Sunbury Motors. Party time, game time, or just fun time. Doesn't matter what time it is, because it's Brewers Outlet time. The Beverage Supermarket has the area's largest beer selection, imports, microbrews, ciders, and domestics. Pick from over 100 ice-cold 12-packs and dozens of 24-ounce singles. Soda, snacks, hot sauces, fresh roasted peanuts. Make it one-stop party shopping, and don't forget the pickle bar. So whatever you're celebrating or just doing it up, Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street, Sunbury, wants to see you. And thank you for your years of patronage. All right, great to have you with us. You're in the show today. It's great to hear DJ Dozier. Huh? DJ, DJ does not do a lot of interviews. But he wanted to do this one. And I appreciate that. Well, it's um, he scored what proved to be the game-winning touchdown in the festival against Miami. <laughs> oh boy, a lot of memories, huh? A lot of memories, a lot of great moments. Wow. It really, you know, it was thirty-two years ago. We're coming up on 33 years ago. Uh, no, it would be 32 years ago. That's, that's amazing. Think about it. <laughs> Sean was in diapers. The suit was just starting his digital media. <laughs> Not funny. <laughs> Wait, I could have sworn DJ was just a year older than me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, that's me. Think about that. Holy cow. 32 years. Hey, DJ's in his, you know, he's in his 50s now, for goodness sakes. Oh, it's, uh, you know, it's amazing how time passes. 
Amazing how time passed. Yeah. For those interested, by the way, the name of the book is Decide to Dominate. If you want to check that out, get yeah. your copy. Yep. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Decide to Dominate. Well, good on him. I mean, he could have easily, you know, maybe leapt right into baseball, but decided to go to Penn State. Yeah. Well, he ended up being with the Mets. He was in the Padres organization. They played in the majors with the Mets after playing in the NFL with the Vikings. But his book is Decide to Dominate, and what's great is that the suit also wrote a book on the same theme. It just said Decide. (laughs) Something. Anything. Now. (laughs) Yesterday. Decide. Bueno. (laughs) (laughs) It's not funny. All right. Can the king avoid the pit of misery? Here we go. Can can the suit make a sale? <laughs> Do new car prices scare you? Then you haven't been to Sunbury Motors Kia. Sunbury Motors Kia takes the scariness out of new car shopping with 20 new 2018 Kias under 20 grand. They make it easy and affordable to own a new Kia. Choose from 2018 Kia Fortes, Souls, Rios, and Optimas. Kia is the home of America's best value. The 2019 Kia models will be rolling in, and Sunbury Motors Kia needs to move the 2018s now. All include Kia's 10-year, 100,000-mile limited powertrain warranty. New car shopping? Don't be scared. Come to Sunbury Motors Kia and choose from 20 new 2018 Kias under 20 grand. Sunbury Motors Kia on the Golden Strip in Hummel's Wharf and at sunburymotorskia.com. Tax and tax extra. Offer expire 1031.18. Restrictions apply. Warranty is a limited powertrain warranty. For details, see retailer or go to kia.com. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Today's show brought to you by Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. Homecoming weekend, time to stock up. That means one-stop shopping at Brewers Outlet. Best selection of beer anywhere. Imports, domestics, microbrews. Maybe that's not what your guests want. Maybe they want wine coolers, water, soft drinks. They also have plenty of snacks. They roast their peanuts fresh and hot every day. And the pickle bar led by the barrels and the dills. Indeed, second to none. Old Milwaukee and Old Mill Light 30 packs, just $13.95. Moosehead 12-pack bottles, $14.95. And Zima, 24-pack bottles, just fifteen ninety-five. All at Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. And I'm in the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. With that, we now bring in the king from Studio 22. Congratulations. Thank you. And we can now tell you the name. Uh, that's one thing that's great about technology. I was able to FaceTime with my little granddaughter this, mor- the, this morning. That is so cool. So I've ha- I have had a chance to see her. She was crying most of the time, but that means that makes her an average woman as she was looking at me. <laughs> <laughs> 
So the, so the name of grand name kiddo number five is? Madeline Grace Jones. Aww. Maddie. Yeah. Maddie. Yep. Beautiful. So gonna, Madeline so, so, Grace. Yep. So, so I have going a step-granddaughter named Grace. Yes. So, Gracie. There you go. Yeah. Well, it's Madeline Grace and 8 pounds, 9 ounces, wow. 22 inches long. Uh, she wanted mom when I was on FaceTime. She wants to eat. And uh, I'm going to FaceTime with them tonight because this time my little grandson's going to be there too. So, And I want to, you know, you want to talk to him and, you know, make sure he's, you know, he's two for goodness sakes. Well, he's been the only show in town his whole life. <laughs> well, he's going to start having to be protective of his sister. Well, he, Mike told me that the baby started crying, and he went up and he said, It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> Already filling the role. There you oh, go. Yeah. 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 Get him in the gym, get him all jacked up, and. Who you looking at? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when she gets to be 18 and she's dating somebody, she's going to have to deal with him. <laughs> yeah. All jacked up. and Don't you know who I am? <laughs> He'll be the linebacker for Penn State Nittany Lions. You know, got the whole plan here. <laughs> you know, still be calling the games. He'll be like 90. <laughs> <laughs> oh, geez. Fields over here, Steve. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> what? Come back okay, so, so, so break. That, Steve's so, at the bathroom. So, <laughs> so, I'm leaking. I'm trying to think what's going to change. <laughs> this isn't baseball, Steve. It's football. Steve. So what? <laughs> so what's the difference between now and, and coming up? <laughs> How do we tell Joe's uh he's done? <laughs> you know you know what Myron Cope, when he was with the Steelers, had an agreement with Joe Gordon. Joe Gordon was the legendary uh public relations man for the Steelers. Okay. And Myron had an agreement with him. He said, look, you're always straight with me. Tell me if you think it is time. And a few years ago, season was over by about you know, a week, maybe four or five days. Joe Gordon drove to Myron's house. He said, Myron, I think it's time. Myron, Myron quit the next day. Wow. Yeah. So. You'll know when it's time. It's not time yet, so. <laughs> Yeah, I'll let well, you know. <laughs> oh, believe me, if anybody would let me know, it'd be you. Yeah. Steve, yeah, need I, a job? Yeah. <laughs> I'm hiring. Yeah, of course, right. I'll be wetting myself in the quarters. <laughs> right. Come on over, man. <laughs> so, anyway, you guys did good again. Somehow you both knew Green Bay's kicker would miss four field goals and an extra point. I had no idea. That's not the reason why I picked Detroit. That's for sure. That was a, unbelievable. Yeah. I'm sitting there like, man. I told my wife, 
I got no feel for this at all this year. I'm like, he missed four field goals. I could well, do that. And you know what? And you know what? I I don't know him, but Mason Crosby and I have mutual friends. Right, I think the world of him from his days at Colorado. Oh, he's a yeah, great yeah, kicker. Yeah. He had a bad day. I felt bad. I felt badly for him because I mean, oh. I know people. I know people that know him, so I felt awful for him. Yeah, uh, I mean, what he's what? A, he's, I bet well, he hasn't he, slept. So. Well, it's interesting because today I was part of a documentary, and I was interviewed for about ninety minutes. It was this crew from Los Angeles, mm-hmm. and they were asking me about Sam Ficken missing four field goals and an extra point against Virginia. And I was talking about how he wasn't supposed to be the kicker that year. It was supposed to be Anthony Farah. Ficken was supposed to redshirt. And he goes through that awful day. And there's a certain faction that's always going to be the, you know, hot shot. We're going to let the kid know what we think about him faction out there. It's a very tiny group. Um, it's also a very lonely, depressed group, but <laughs> but uh, you know, and they let him know. I mean, it's a college kid; they let him know, and everybody stuck with him. And w- and when they won, when they beat Wisconsin in overtime, he's the one that hit the winning field goal. Yep. So, hey, it's a lonely world of kickers. You either win the game or you lose the game. You know, it's it's. But they choose to do it. They like the pressure. Oh, so, yeah, they like the pressure. They're they like well the money. aware that that and they day like the could money. come. Yeah. And they like the money. Yeah. I mean, the only person that doesn't really seem to like the money is Le'Veon Bell. All right, so. <laughs> you know, it's interesting with the Packers, guys. They've got a Monday night game against San Francisco minus yeah, we had, Jimmy we Garoppolo. Had Remember, we had Lisa Salters on the show yesterday. That's right, but she's doing the game. What else is happening Monday night? You got a Milwaukee Brewers playoff game on Monday night. I just wonder, could it be? No. Will there be some empty seats in no. Lambeau Monday night? No, 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 not there. If, it, if it's like Boston, the Patriots will always all draw the Red Sox. Yeah, I mean, if, there's no way they're playing the, the same night. Fight. That there's no, not even a comparison. Football, it's not, it's, I'll draw baseball. There'll be no empty seats at Lambeau. None. Then again, by then, though, they may already be behind the eight ball against the Dodgers. So, I'm just saying, even if they weren't, there there wouldn't be. Green Bay's not like that. Not well, like they that. own the team. <laughs> the fans yeah. own it. Oh, so. you, you know, you know Ed and Mickey Russell, right? Me? Yeah, my friends. You you've met them several times. Oh yes, yeah, 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 yeah. She grew. She grew up in Green Bay. They own some of the Packers stock. Wow. Yeah, that would be really cool. You know, so, who's that woman this year? Um, they've owned stock in the team for years, and they were charging her baby to go to the games. Oh, she, I know. Yeah. Yeah, she was like, "What." You know. I've told a lot of people for years and years if 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 I was not able to be a Steelers fan anymore, which team would you pick? I'd pick Green Bay just because of the grassroots and uh, you know everybody with an opportunity to own the team. And I mean the stadium is not in a uh, a huge city complex. I mean it's, it's in a neighborhood and it's just just so many, so many great small town feels about it. I can't that believe you wouldn't pick Jacksonville. <laughs> 
Can't believe we picked Jacksonville. Oh, look at you making funny. Look at you. <laughs> Our Did father you see was that? a Green Bay fan. He, oh, he dad, dad loved the Packers. Yeah. Dad loved the yeah. Packers. Yeah. He loved the Packers. Oh, oh, I'll tell you, you know what? And and Joe Paterno really admired Lombardi. Uh, Dave uh, Moranis wrote this book years ago when Pride man- Mattered. And it was a biography, and I have, and I've read it. It's a biography about Lombardi. And Joe was asking me about the book one day, and he said, Have you ever seen the book When Pride Mattered? I said, I have the book. I said, And this, this was five, six years ago. Well, obviously, it had to be more than that. My apologies. It had to be like 10, 12 years ago. And, and I told Joe, I said, Gee, I just finished it. He goes, He says, did you see pages 171, 172? I said, yes, I saw your name in there. <laughs> so, you know. <laughs> you know, I've got it, one it, of his famous sayings hanging right on the wall here. Uh, it's a fascinating saying. Winners never quit, and quitters never win. That's right. Ben Slumbardi. Yep. That's right. Yep. Now, with that in mind, at 16 and 16, I know you won't quit, so let's get to the picks. <laughs> All right, the rest of the standings, uh, Steve, you are... I thought, that was, I thought that was an incredible transition. I think it was phenomenal, yeah. <laughs> By the way, when I start Let's rooting for... Jeff, the fat guy, that's not nice. <laughs> <laughs> who, who, who's, who had that saying? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> when you pick the Cowboys over the Giants, then I'll start rooting for Jacksonville. No, that Deal? is not happening. There you go. <laughs> the Cowboys could be 15-0. and 0. The Giants no could be way. 0 and the, 15. I'm gonna bet when the you put Sean put the Giants and the Cowboys on the list when they play each other this year again. I want to see him take that team. You would take the Giants over the Cowboys right now. Look, are the Cowboys a much better team than the Giants? Absolutely. But there's Everybody's no way in the plan. a much better team than the Giants. My <laughs> God. Stayed, Did you I mean, watch that game last night? Yeah, well, I... Barkley was incredible. He was. Outside of that, they have absolutely nothing going on. Bark, Barkley and Landon Collins are the two best players they have. But tell me this. How did the backup running back have more carries than Barkley? No, that's... Does that's, that that's... make any sense to anybody at all? That's no. it. He had 13 carries. Yeah. Run the friggin' ball. He's the only guy. Oh, my God, God. I was having a heart attack. I was like, you know. That's pretty calm. <laughs> uh, I, As you always I, I just, there's well, nothing there. Eli's going back okay. and just, where's Barkley? Save me, you know. You, the Cowboys are 15-0, and 0, and the Giants are on 15. It's a line I can't cross. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let me tell you a quick story. I know we got to make our picks. Remember last week I said something about Troy Aikman and then yeah. the other guy, you know, that they got nothing good to say? Yeah. I am. I listen to Stephen A. Smith every day. Monday, he is on a rant. And you know when he rants, he starts screaming. He goes, let me tell you this, Stephen Jones. The cowboy, the cowboy. I go, oh my God! He heard what I said on the radio about Troy Aikman. I was <laughs> backing up the kid here. I said, oh my God! 
and he was talking about Stephen Jones, Jerry Jones' son. Yes. I thought it was you. (laughs) It's like, oh, boy, I really screwed up. Uh, (laughs) I'm I'm Ronald Jones' son. All right, right, let's head into our week seven picks. We've got three college, three pro to dive into. Tomorrow we head to the SEC. Uh, by the way, you got three games between top 25 teams, so not bad lineup for college football tomorrow. Uh, we have Georgia and LSU, 3.30 kick on Saturday. Boy, the the logic says Georgia's just on a roll and caught one of those elite teams. I'm going to go with LSU at home. I just think maybe it's their time. I'm going to go with Georgia. I've also got Georgia. Tim Tebow took him. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I got nothing, guys. I just, I just wonder if LSU is still going to have the hangover from their loss to Florida from last week. I that That's the reason I'm not taking LSU. I watched the game, and I was like, come on, man. They couldn't do a thing. And then they did come back, but I was not impressed with them at all. So. All right, out to the Pac-10. Washington at Oregon. I'm not sold on Oregon. Uh, now, you know how I feel about Washington. I think they're good, but not great. Um, but I'm still going to go with Washington because I'm just not sold on Oregon. And I think the Washington defense can slow Dylan Herbert down. I'm going to go with the Ducks. I also took Oregon. I think that offense is incredible, and they got something to prove with that game that they lost to Stanford. They blew that game. They had that game. In hand and blew it. So, I'm sitting I'm out here also taking Oregon because of what you said about Washington, Steve. A couple weeks I think they're ago, good, they're good, not great. I mean, yeah. I felt that way about them for three years. I think they're a top 15 team, but they aren't more than a top 15 team. I like Wisconsin. Speaking of Wisconsin, prime <laughs> time, Big Ten tomorrow night in the Big House. You got Washington and Michigan. Uh, Wisconsin and Michigan, bigger part. Uh, this will be a great game. I think it also, because of the style of play of the two teams, will be over in an hour and 40 minutes. Uh, so <laughs> uh, I think the best unit on the field is the Michigan defense. I think the third best unit is probably the Michigan offense. I'm going to go with Michigan to win at home. Okay. First time Steve and I agree. I will also take Michigan. All right. In the I've lone wolf. I've got Michigan okay. also. Okay. All right. NFL games on Sunday, 100.9 the Valley, Paul Brown Stadium. It is the Steelers and the Bengals. Well, let's see. Um, Le'Veon Bell is going to be over at my place uh, <laughs> to watch the game. That's uh, case I'm coming up. I was really shocked he took the invitation, but he said he had all the time in the world. Uh, so uh, I'm going to go with Cincinnati to win. Uh, you know who I'm taking. I got the Steelers. I took the Bengals because I'm disappointed in the Steelers. So. I'm concerned, though. I mean, Steelers have beaten Cincinnati, what, six in a row? Something like that? Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. it's going to... But it's the gotta Steelers' end. defense that bothers me. I, I think the Steelers still put a point. Look, you, you uh, have Purple People Eaters, Doomsday, Steel Curtain, Swiss Cheese. Every defense gets their own nickname. 
Guess which one the current Steeler group is. Not sharp cheddar? No. No. Swiss. That's what, Lev, Be- that's what Lev Bell wants. He wants more sharp cheddar. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right, so we talked about Jacksonville a little while ago. Jacksonville and the Cowboys. I would said to Steve yesterday, I was thinking, <laughs> why did I pick this game to be in our pick segment? I was kind of waffling. I should have picked a better game. But the funny part is, during the Fox broadcast last night, Joe had asked Troy, what other game you looking at this weekend that could be you know, game to watch? And he brought up Jacksonville and the Cowboys. I'm going to go with Jacksonville because I just think their defense is good enough to slow down Dallas. I'm going to go with Jacksonville even on the road. I don't think Dak Prescott is the same quarterback anymore. He holds on to the ball too long. I'm not saying he's indecisive, but he needs to be quicker. I never making... thought I'd say. I never thought I'd say this. They miss Des Bryant. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, they don't. They, have a num- do. they don't have a number one anymore. What did Jerry Jones say in one of his radio appearances earlier this week? We haven't had a number one wideout in years. Yeah. What yeah. a pot shot that was on Des Bryant. Yeah. yeah. He's just hot because he doesn't have one, and he had one. But He's I'm... got some good players there. Yeah, even though despite the fact Jalen Ramsey's 50-50 to play on Sunday, despite that, though, I'm still going to take Jacksonville. King? Oh, me? I got Jacksonville. I don't think the Cowboys are very good at all. And Jacksonville, I think, is a very good team. Um, They're one of the top four teams in the NFL. And we got a hair over a minute to go. Primetime Sunday night, the game everybody's talking about. The Kansas City Chiefs at the New England Patriots. Kansas City. <sighs> See, this is the one I'm going back and forth on. Yeah, but, I waffled. Go ahead. <laughs> that was a that was a fast waffle. Um, I think just because of the fact Belichick has had a lot of time to prep for this game, I just when you start to count them out, they're right back in it. <sighs> I'm sticking. I'm. I'm just waiting for the fall to happen, and so many football fans are waiting for the the Foxborough fall to happen. But I don't think it's this weekend. I've got the Patriots. Me? Yeah. And for whom the bell tolls? Yeah. Well, I there's no question. The I think the Patriots win the game. Patriots. Belichick's twenty five and one against uh, quarterbacks under the age of twenty four. Oh, I think he's going to throw a lot at this kid that he's never seen before. And the Patriots will control the ball. And this running back the Patriots got, he's a real deal. Yeah. No, I saw him play against Penn State at Georgia. I've I've done my Sony Michelle game. Yeah, he's, he's a real deal. He's built like Barkley. He's a tough kid. And he's coming into his own now. Patriots will keep the ball out of Mahorn's hand. All Who right. Do you got, I, I pick Kansas City. Okay. See. All, right. All right. Tomorrow, three thirty, the kick, two o'clock, the airtime here on News Radio ten seventy WKOK. You're listening to News Radio 1070 WKOK Sunbury. You can hear us anywhere in the world with the Sunbury Broadcasting Corporation app. 